Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. Hey, you guys, you know how much I love Stay Fine, how important that is into my entire marketing funnel. But look, they have just released a thing called Homepage, which is absolutely taking it to the next level. Now, when somebody logs into your Wi-Fi via your StayFi landing page, it takes them to this homepage where you can integrate with the Hostco shop for upsells. You can integrate with Viator for literally local attractions to take care of your guests, your guidebook links, direct link to your website, and your book again button. Completely simplified. Look, StayFi has taken this whole marketing thing to the next level. You need to check them out. They are a seriously integral part of my marketing funnel, and it should be for yours as well. Look, to lock in your StayFi discount and start cultivating your engaged guest list, go to StayFi.com slash bill. That's StayFi.com slash bill. Yep, that's my name. And watch your booking soar. Hey, welcome back to STR Unfiltered. I'm Bill Faith, your host. Recently back, actually about 20 minutes ago, maybe closer to an hour by now. Just got back from 10 days in Whitefish, Montana. What an amazing place that is, especially during the winter. If you guys have never been to like Montana during the winter, if you've only been to Yellowstone or Glacier, and those are epic places to, to hike Glacier and, you know, see the, the avalanche uh, lake and the waterfalls. It looks like Jurassic Park coming down. But man, I love that place. I love it. Even I went, my wife and I went snowmobiling in Yellowstone in January of last year, and it was just incredible. I hosted my mastermind meeting in December in Whitefish, spent about two weeks out there, just spent almost another two weeks, um, just now going back uh, in about two and a half weeks to spend another week over spring break with my kids and do some more snowboarding and skiing and hopefully some dog sledding and snowmobiling. It's just an, an amazing place. Um, and it's interesting because I ended up buying there because I repositioned a property. And I repositioned out of uh, Beach Mountain and into Whitefish, Montana. And right now, a lot of you are, are thinking about repositioning. I spoke with a gentleman right as I was getting off the plane to transition from in Denver. We had about 30 minutes and I had a coaching call. I shouldn't say coaching call, just a call with uh, somebody. And he was thinking he has, I think, seven LTRs and two STRs, and he wants to add another STR, and he's sitting on about $350,000 in cash, and he's thinking about selling an LTR to access one hundred and fifty, dollars so he doesn't have to tap into his cash, and he immediately says, I'm going to 1031. Well, that could be part of the repositioning strategy, but what becomes really important when we're repositioning is that we look at the whole scope of our portfolio, meaning our short-term rentals, but also our cash, our retirement accounts, where we're at on our path, you know, that hopefully you guys have architected your life plan to where, where what's your path to financial freedom? What, what, does that, what does that mean, right? Where, where do you want to be? So what happens is, is I had a conversation with this guy and I'm like, hey, he's like, hey, I think I want to do this. Can you help me find a property? Should I join your inner circle? Blah, 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 blah. I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know enough about what you want. Why are you doing this? Why do you want, oh, I just think I need to, I want to get rid of one of my LTRs, one of my STRs. Okay, that's great. Why? Well, my first ST, two STRs that I have in Branson and, and the Smokies, we kind of bought because our family likes going there. Okay, cool. That's a lifestyle asset. So is this strictly a financially driven decision? Yeah, I think I'm going to go back into the Smokies and, you know, we'll sell the LTR and Huntsville and then, you know, we'll 1031 and, and buy another Smokies property. Well, really hard for me to give advice 
when I don't have all the details. And so I start asking about, you know, where are you at financially, income? Um, are you happy with the income? Where do you want, how old are you? Do you have kids? Where are you at in your 529 savings funds? All this type of stuff to figure out where he's trying to go. Because it's like Hank Norman says, and Steve Carlos, we need the why before the why. Because our first why is really reactionary to the first, really second why is what we typically get is the first why. But we got to go back to the real first why, right? Why are we actually doing something? So for him, this is going to be a financially driven decision. I said, that's cool. Awesome. All right. So if that's going to be the case, then how do we know if we should 1031 or not? Pause. No clue. I get it. And this is very, and this, this guy's no different than almost every one of you that are listening out there on Amazon or Apple or whatever, or watching on my YouTube channel. You just don't know. You see what people talk about on social media and you think it's the right decision. So what I explained to him is we need to audit you first. Let's, let's do a cash on equity audit of all your LTRs and your two STRs. Now, if you still love going to Branson, you still love going to Gatlinburg and that's enough to cost justify or cost justify the sacrifice of profit and you're in a good enough financial position, cool, more power to you. I'm in that position. I can sacrifice that. Most people that are just getting started cannot. Have a lot of people that come to me that make $250,000 a year that have a 150 grand in cash uh, and they want to buy their, spend that $150,000 in cash to buy their first, you know, short-term rental and it's a lifestyle asset, but yet they want to retire with 500,000. They want to do the 550, 250 program twice and retire with $500,000 in income, you know, and they think that they can just go buy one lifestyle asset as a super property. And it typically doesn't work out that way. Let's get some financially driven super properties in your portfolio first. They're doing 50 to $75,000 a year in net income, not gross net income. And then let's build up your income then by the lifestyle asset. But we all want, and I was the same way. We, and I, that's how I started in the short term. I was, I bought the lifestyle asset first and I just wanted the renters to pay the mortgage. That's it. That's bucket number two. We got three buckets. Bucket number two, there's nothing wrong with it, but you gotta be in a financially driven position to do that. For most of you right now that have a property that's underperforming, you might have a six or $700,000 property that you got $200,000 in equity in. You might have a $450,000 property that you have 75,000 or $85,000 in equity in. And that property is doing like $20,000, you know, in net in probably closer, probably 30,000, 40,000, maybe even gross could be doing 50 gross. If you're doing 50 gross, you're probably going to be around 20 net. So if you have $80,000 that you can access and you're doing 20 net, that's four X return, right? So that's like 25% cash on cash. That's a tough decision if you want to reposition. Now, if you have $200,000 in equity, regardless of what you paid for the property, and you're doing $20,000 net, that's a different ball game. Now we're talking a 10-year return. So for me, if I'm typically at about a 425%, if I'm at a four-year return, then that's right on the Mendoza line. That's like the tipping point. If I'm at five years, I'm probably going to reposition because I know I can invest into a stronger property. If I'm at that four-year range, that's I got to really think about it. If I'm at three years, it's a keeper, right? So three years is a keeper, kind of three and a half to five years. That's, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
I'm actually going to take some time. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to go do some searching and see, can I find a property that I think can outperform the one that I'm about ready to reposition? There's some other things you got to take into consideration too. Did you 1031 in? That means you're going to need to probably 1031 out. Do you have a cost seg that's going to have any type of recapture? We need to think about those things before we get ready to reposition. That's why you have to figure out, is it time to reposition? I'm going to tell you right now, if you're trying to do the 550, 250 plan and you got a property that's doing $25,000, $30,000 a year in gross revenue, we got to get that that revenue, or excuse me, and cash net income and cash flow. We got to get that up if we want to be able to hit. That's the beauty of the 550, 250 program. We can have one that's doing 40, 35, as long as we have another one that's doing 55, 60, 65. But really part of the equation here is that we're also looking at historical appreciation, historical appreciation. And I'm really talking pre-COVID. I want to look like 17, 18, 19 in appreciation, right? I'm not, I'm not looking at 2021, 20, 22 by any means. So if I go back, it's 24 now, I look at 17, 18, 19. I'm going to take off 20, 21, 22, but I'm also going to look at 23. So that gives me like four years of, you know, average run rate. You can average them all together, but it's just going to be too inflated, specifically at 21, 22, right? The second half of 20 was amazing if you're in the right market. You know, if you're in California, Boston, New York, sorry. If you're in the South, 20 was an amazing year. 21 was even better. 22 was really good. 23, I was still up 7%, but that's the type of slow growth that we were getting in 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So I believe the properties that I have are probably going to appreciate around somewhere between 4 to 7%. Let's just call it 5% for easy math. When I look at my average properties worth today is, let's just call it, probably around 1.4, 1.5 million, you know, that's pretty significant. We're talking, you know, potentially 55, 60 grand. So if that happens, multiply 50,000 on the low end times 13, that's a pretty substantial number in appreciation. Now, because I only have one interest only loan and I actually have set up my own escrow account. So I'm paying that down. Everything else is principal and interest. Then I, I calculate my debt pay down. And I'm doing this when I'm looking at repositioning, right? So equity increases, you know, my equity or appreciation increases equity. Debt pay down increases equity. Net income increases my investment account. I look at those three things and that's, then I take how solid is my income? Where am I at on kind of that green line to retirement, to financial freedom, to whatever the desired outcome is that we're trying to architect? And that's how I'm going to look and determine if it is the right time to reposition. Now, if it is, the next step is what are we going to do from a tax standpoint? Because really, we're either just going to sell the property, pay the tax. We're going to sell the property, put it into a 1031 exchange. We're going to sell the property and do a poor man's 1031 and cost seg to offset uh, the tax basis that we're going to have on the sale. So we're going to reinvest into a new property. We're not going to 1031. We're going to do a cost seg. And the benefit there is going to offset the taxes on our basis of the transaction previously. Those are really the three options, the three primary options to be able to look at. Sure, you've got reverse 1031s and all that other type of stuff. I don't want to get too complicated here. I want to kind of keep this really, really simple. Those are the things that I want you to look at. If you have a property that you believe is underperforming, if you bought your first property and you know, you're not making any money or you're not making 50 grand, you're not, you know, doing what you thought you were going to do. Even if you have to take a $5,000, $10,000 haircut, 
It doesn't matter. That's the mental hurdle that we have to get over. If you believe, if you think you should be getting $200,000 out of the property and you're only going to pull 175 and you're only netting like 20 grand, can you, what would you do if I handed you $175,000? Would you rebuy the existing property or would you go buy something else? If the answer is the latter, you're going to go buy something else, then you need to reposition. doesn't matter if you lose money. You're going, to lo- you're going to continue to lose money by staying in the property. So really what we want to do is access the capital. You've been doing this longer. You've con- been to the conferences. You've been to boot camps. You're watching YouTube videos, whatever you're learning from Sean Raskovich, Mike Shogram, Bill Faith, Avery Carl. Now you're a stronger investor, right? If you're a stronger investor today than the bad decision you made a year or two years ago on your first one, it's time to reinvest. Or you can just get into my inner circle and I'll help you do that. My coaches will help you do that, right? Most of you are better today than you were a year ago. I know I'm a better investor today than I was a year ago. I'm a way better investor today than the very first property that I bought. I just got lucky the first time. You want to eliminate the chance, right? That's why I use John Hodges' Big Daddy Performa. You know, I know a lot. Oh my God, it's too complicated. Learn how to do it so you can mitigate your risk, right? That's what we're trying to do when we're looking at reposition. Repositioning is, and I'm not, I don't always tell people to reposition. When you have a lot of equity and low net income, then I'm going to tell you to reposition. And for a lot of you that bought in late 2021, 22, or 23, you probably need to reposition. You probably bought a bad deal at the wrong time. And we want to get you out of that and start making more money. Hopefully this has been beneficial. Please leave a comment below. If you are listening to this on you know, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, please take five or 10 seconds and just leave a short review. Just like we all can use five stars within our short term rentals. I could use some five star reviews on the potty as well. The potty, not the potty, the potty, the podcast. Thanks for joining me on STR Unfiltered. Look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. The STR Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Mark and My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Mark and My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit.